Welcome to episode 33 of The Unconventional Polyglot. In this episode, I attempt to answer the question, how do you know if you're really fluent in a language? Thanks for listening. This is The Unconventional Polyglot, a podcast that explores languages and language learning from someone who has followed and also broken many of the conventional rules for how to learn languages. I'm your host, Will, and language learning is my passion. All right, so the the question, how do you know if you are really, truly fluent in a language, that may seem like a really easy question, particularly for people who really have not spent a significant amount of time trying to learn a language or learn multiple languages, but it actually is a question worth diving into, in my opinion, because I've dealt with this question myself and also seeing other people who have been in various stages of language learning. So I think one thing that happens with a lot of language learners is you can have either a false sense of confidence in your knowledge level of a language, or conversely, you can have a lot of self-doubt and really, you know, questioning your, your level in, in a language. And for a lot of people, myself included, it's almost a cyclical thing of, you know, for one person can go back and forth between being overconfident and underconfident, over doubting of themselves. So just to give one quick example, um, so I have a friend who I know has been studying Spanish, um, really just using Duolingo, like five, five or 10 minutes a day. And, um, this person said to me, uh, one time months ago, that they really felt like they could probably survive in, say, Spain or, or Mexico or, you know, some Spanish-speaking country with uh, their current level of Spanish. And from my estimation, their level at that time, and I don't think it's really changed that much since, is probably around an A2 level. So kind of a upper level beginner. So somebody who can say some, some basic things, can produce some fairly simple sentences and maybe even use the past tense a little bit to describe past events. Uh, but, but really there's a long way to go. And so when they told me this, I didn't really say much because I, I didn't want to be offensive, but <laughs> I was privately thinking like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Like, yeah, you might be able to order a coffee or something uh, or, you know, find out where the bathroom is. But um, <laughs> much beyond that, I, I doubt it. So so that's just one quick example of really being overconfident. And this idea of being overconfident in your knowledge level brings up what's called the Dunning-Kruger effect, which you can apply really to any sort of subject, uh, but basically, according to this effect, your level of confidence in your knowledge in a particular subject tends to increase pretty significantly when your 
absolute amount of knowledge is not very large, but getting bigger. And then at a certain point, that confidence starts to drop as you start to realize just how much there is that you don't know. <laughs> so <clears throat> so it, it's an interesting curve. You can easily Google, uh, you know, Dunning-Kruger effect or Dunning-Kruger curve and, and, and see what this looks like. So on a graph of confidence versus amount of knowledge in a subject, again, you have a rapid rise when the level of knowledge is, is pretty small, but increasing. And then there's a significant drop, followed by eventually an increase in confidence as the level of knowledge finally gets really significant, getting up towards the, let's say, more advanced stage, if you're talking about language learning in particular, that rapid rise in confidence typically corresponds to somewhere around an A2, or in some cases, even an A1 level, and occasionally even a B1 level, you know, early intermediate level. And it doesn't necessarily happen to everybody, you know, because some people naturally have less self-confidence, and some people naturally have more, so... It's variable, but it's, it's just kind of a general description of this particular cognitive bias dealing with, with confidence. So, and this also relates to some extent to the intermediate plateau, which I talked about in a previous episode of this podcast. And the intermediate plateau would probably be somewhere around where that confidence level is dropping and getting to its lowest point on the on the Dunning-Kruger curve. So and again it has a lot to do with the fact that when you're still early in that process of learning a language you're dealing with vocabulary and grammatical structures and and verbs that are typically very commonly used things that you're going to come across many, many times over the course of your language learning. Whereas once you get to the more kind of upper intermediate into the advanced level, then you're tackling things that are much more esoteric, much less commonly used and less commonly known and, and generally not as useful to you. So these things are naturally harder to learn. So for example, you're much more likely to need to know Things like, say, you know, articles of clothing or parts of the body or common foods than you are, say, vocabulary related to, I don't know, quantum computing or real estate law or <laughs> agricultural production or, you know, there are lots of, you know, topics that uh, beginning language learners have really no use for. So getting back to the question of how do you know you are really fluent in a language? Well, it's definitely going to come long after the rise in confidence on that Dunning-Kruger curve has passed. And it's going to be somewhere around where that level of confidence has finally dropped and then bottomed out and then risen again as the level of knowledge gets up approaching the advanced stage. 
So in terms of listening comprehension, for example, uh, or, or reading comprehension works very similarly. If you listen to like, say, say a news broadcast or, you know, a YouTube video in, in your target language and you can understand what they're saying, but only if you really focus on it and maybe only if you are reading, you know, with subtitles, say, then you're probably not really fluent. Or that is to say, you have a ways to go <laughs> before you get to where you presumably want to get, which is where you can easily understand what you're reading or what you're hearing without even making any kind of effort to try to do that. So that's one tentative definition of fluency, which is being able to understand what you are reading and or listening to without having to really concentrate at it. So essentially getting up to where your comprehension levels are at least not that far off from what they are for your native language. So in your native language, you probably don't have to even think about it uh, if you're listening to something or glancing at text you don't even really have to think about it to at least have an idea of what you're what you're reading or what you're listening to and that's kind of the goal for real fluency at least as far as input so you know what you're taking in reading or listening and i think a lot of people are fooled to some, to some extent when for example on duolingo say they get to the point where they can easily understand these isolated sentences or maybe maybe even you know two or three sentences strung together in in some exercise and they think you know they're really close to fluency if they can understand these things easily but but it's really only when you can take a, a more or less random news article or news broadcast or TV show, uh, you know, a series episode or, or a movie, and even w like without any subtitles, understand reasonably well what they're saying. You know, maybe you don't get every single word, every single syllable, because sometimes people cut out syllables, they cut out words, but that shouldn't really be a big barrier if you are truly fluent. And getting to that point requires many, many, many hours of listening, many, many, many hours of reading. And if you're not at that point yet in your target language, I guarantee if you keep listening, keep reading, you will get there. I can't tell you how long it's going to take, because for me, at least... There were various times, like let's just say uh, for Spanish, which is probably my strongest foreign language, there were various times along my Spanish learning journey where I thought I was getting fairly close to being fluent, and then I would realize that there are still you know, hundreds and possibly even thousands of words that I didn't know, and I would come across verbs that I didn't know or nouns that I didn't know. And even today, I would say my Spanish level is probably somewhere around a C1. At this point, I would consider myself reasonably fluent or at least really close. Again, it's not a super well-defined 
thing, but I do still occasionally come across words I don't know, particularly slang from various regions like, you know, Colombia or Argentina or Mexico or Spain. You know, every, every place has its own slang. And that's something that is understandably difficult for anybody who's not a native speaker. But I can say that the frequency with which I encounter unknown words in Spanish is pretty small. And I think that's one very effective measure related to fluency. How often are you coming across unknown words? Whether it's, you know, in reading, whether it's graded readers or, or novels or news articles. So if you are truly fluent, then you shouldn't be coming across new words very often. Now, occasionally you still will, because even, even in your native language, you don't know every word in existence. So in my native language of English, I still come across words that I don't know occasionally. It's fairly rare, but, but it does happen, especially highly technical words or words that are really uh, not commonly used nowadays. But that's one, one way to have a good idea of how close you are to fluency. And that particularly ties to reading comprehension. And as far as listening comprehension, again, it's mainly how, how well can you understand the speech of native speakers, particularly when it comes to, you know, things like movies and, and series and, and maybe news broad broadcasts. You know, these are all things that can be very challenging for beginner and, and even intermediate listeners. But for advanced listeners and, you know, getting close to real fluency, it should get to the point where it's not difficult. And one thing that I really like to do to have a, a good idea of how close to fluency I'm getting as far as listening is re-watching or re-listening to things that I've listened to before. And, you know, there are certain things, whether it's a podcast episode or a, a movie or whatever it is, where I've listened to them maybe three or four times with a number of months in between each listening. And naturally, I found that my level of comprehension has gone up every time. So, and that's a nice little confidence boost. So find something that, you know, preferably that you like <laughs> and are interested in. Uh, that you have watched before or listened to bef before some number of months ago, maybe even over a year ago, and try watching it or listening to it again and see how much better you understand, preferably without any subtitles or anything. And then try it again, you know, in maybe in a few months or six months or a year or whatever suits you. And if you do that maybe for several different things, then you'll have a more statistical body of evidence to assist you in, in evaluating if you're really fluent or you know how close you really are to fluency. So again, going back to my particular example of Spanish, one thing that I have done is watching episodes of Easy Spanish, uh, you know, on the Easy Spanish uh, YouTube channel. There are some episodes that I watched maybe like three years ago for the first time. And then I watched them again, maybe like a year and a half ago. And then watched them again recently 
And originally, I definitely needed subtitles to really follow along. And then the second time, I didn't really need subtitles to at least understand what they were talking about, maybe without getting every word. And then when I watched these videos more recently, I found that I didn't even need the subtitles. I, I could understand almost everything without any difficulty. So as I said, that, that feels really good. That's a, that's a nice confidence builder. And it's, you know, getting back to the Dunning Kruger curve, you know, that's where you really are getting towards the, the end of the Dunning Kruger curve where, you know, the level of confidence is, you know, justified confidence, <laughs> you know, confidence with a lot of knowledge to back it up which is really what you're aiming for, for fluency. You don't want false confidence. That's not going to help you in the long run. Now, the last part uh, of fluency, and still a very important part, is speaking ability. And fluency with regards to speaking is not a real well-defined thing. So if you are able to get your point across and and express thoughts on any particular topic that might come up, even if you make a few mistakes or even if you don't use exactly the same kind of language or, or expressions that native speakers would use, then on some level, that's fluency. So if you can be understood by native speakers without a problem uh, talking about any particular topic, who's to say you're not fluent? And, and I would say that somebody who can do that is fluent. Uh, but then, you know, there are others who would be more rigid in their definition and say, well, if you don't speak similarly to the way that a native speaker would speak with more sophisticated language, expressions that uh, a beginner would likely never know, then you're not really fluent. And I don't know, maybe there's some validity to that rigid definition of fluency, but it could also come across as fairly elitist and uh, arrogant, perhaps. So I would say as far as speaking ability, being able to get your point across even if it's not in the most eloquent way, even if it's in a fairly basic way, would make you fluent in some sense. Now, ideally, you should be able to say things multiple ways. You should be able to express a particular thought in multiple different ways, maybe even several different ways. Uh, that would be ideal. That would be great. And if you can do that, I would say you're definitely fluent. If you can do that for any given topic that's not super technical, uh, super advanced, then you could consider yourself fluent. So that combination of fluency in reading, fluency in listening comprehension, and fluency in speaking and uh, writing, I don't think I really even need to cover because that's kind of uh, around the same level of speaking, although it's typically easier than speaking unless you're dealing with, you know, some language like Japanese or Arabic or Thai, perhaps, or, you know, something where the uh, the writing system is very different than Latin-based languages. But uh, I, I don't want to really touch too much on, on writing ability uh, as, as it relates to fluency. But if you have 
a, a reasonably high comfort level in reading a language, listening to a language, and speaking a language, you're absolutely fluent. I don't think there's any real doubt about it. And as I said, going along the, the, the process of trying to get to fluency, it can be frustrating at times. It can be, there can be periods of overconfidence at times. There can be periods of self doubt, but have ways to measure your fluency. You know, how, how well can you understand things? How well can you understand things relative to when you were exposed to those same things months ago or years ago. So nobody can really estimate your level of fluency as well as you can. But when you do that estimation, try not to do it with a false sense of confidence, an overinflated sense of your own ability. So try, try to be honest in your assessment. And with time, you will improve, particularly if you're Engaging with your target language daily, you will improve. It's not necessarily a linear improvement, but it will. The overall trend is going to be towards fluency. You just don't know how long it's going to take to get there, but you will get there as long as you keep at it. And with that, I will wrap up this episode. It's been a little longer than usual, but this, this is a topic that, that I think about daily for pretty much all of my main primary target languages. And I hope this episode has been interesting to you and, and hopefully helpful to you in your language learning journey. And if you ever want to contact me, let me know how your language learning to let me know how your language learning journey is going or ask me questions or ask for advice or give me advice. Um, I'm always open to that. Uh, you can reach me at unconventionalpolyglot at gmail.com. And with that, I will wish you the best and say goodbye. <laughs>